Praise the Lord and good morning. Good morning to all of those who are watching and worshiping with us online this morning. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, or the church website, we welcome you this morning to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage with you this morning. So real quick, before we get started, we just want to ask you to invite others. You are galvanized as an evangelist this morning. If you're on Facebook, uh, share this to your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party so we can all be in the same chat stream. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and then text the link for the message to your personal network so they can join us as well. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, just hit the invite button to call others to join us in worship this morning because it's a good day to worship our God. I see our online congregation is ready. Anybody ready to worship our God this morning? The word of the Lord says, give to the Lord the glory that is due his name. Bring an offering, come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. And we, the children of God, have gathered to worship him this morning, to give him honor, to give him and all of the glory that is to his name. So come on, let's join with the choir and open up this worship service singing the glory of these 40 days as we glorify our God. Hallelujah.
curious, where are you watching us from? If you're on Facebook, YouTube, or the church website, we've been watching the chat streams. Let us know what city and state you're joining us from in worship, what country you're joining us from. We are one family joined together technologically. And and let us know this morning, the word of the Lord for our beginning this morning comes from the book of Jeremiah chapter 31. Wherever you are, scroll through your device, turn in your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 31. And we're going to read verses 31 to 34. Jeremiah chapter 31. I'm going to be reading from the new revised standard version, but you can follow along in whatever version you have handy. Jeremiah chapter 31. And if you're able and, and not driving where you are, let's stand to our feet in reverence to the word of God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 31, starting with verse 31. And the word of God reads as follows. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Hallelujah. Ain't that some good news? The word of God for the people of God and thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Our Father and our strong God, we have come together in worship this morning just to glorify you, God. No matter what else has been happening in the world around us, you are consistently good, consistently faithful, and always true. So God, we push everything else to the side and we come into your presence this morning with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, God. We invite you to take over our worship in every living room and office and car and on the phone line, God, wherever someone has sacrificed their praise to tune into worship and fellowship, God, have your way. We invite you, God, to reign over us, God. You are our sovereign king, and we bless your name. We are grateful and thankful to be counted as your children and to be in your presence, God. And we loose you, God. Have your way in this place in the name of Jesus. And we will be so grateful, oh God, and honored to be in your presence and give you the glory that is due your name. This we ask in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Amen and amen. So let's praise our awesome God. Come on, choir. Thank you for all the things you've done for me. 
you, thank you, thank you, choir. Our God is awesome, isn't he? Our God is awesome, and he is worthy to be praised in every respect and everything that we have to offer him. Man, God is worthy of it all, amen. He's worthy of it all. Wow. Man, this morning, you all, this morning, God is doing some wonderful things here in this service. And I pray as we as we go into this impact moment, uh, we, get, we begin to celebrate and begin to see what it looks like uh, for us to worship God with all that we have, um, with all that he has given us and being able to give back to him. And so um, this uh, this part of our service is what we call the impact moment. And this is a this is a message that uh, I, Reverend Peyton, see the children youth pastor give to our kids uh, that are here joining us in service. But it's also for the kids at heart, uh, too. And so I encourage you to pay attention and to uh, just really see what it is that God has to teach all of us through uh, this message. This will be my last sermon as a single man, you all. And so I will not I will not be here next week. I will be celebrating. The, the new, uh, the new relationship and the new family that I will come into being married to my awesome soon to be wife, Taylor. So I appreciate your prayers as I head into that. And, uh, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. Amen. <laughs> Guys, the title of uh, today's impact moment is this. It's called the grace of giving. The grace of giving. Our memory verse comes from Mark chapter 12. I'll be reading from verses 43 through 44 and from the New International Version, which says this. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. The bottom line for us today is, or the main point for today's message is, we give our all because Jesus gave his. As I look back on the early part of my life when when I was a kid, and still am a kid really, but I remember how curious I was during church when it was time for the offering. We'd pray over the offering and then uh, we would pass it, the plate from hand to hand. When it came to me, I'd always try to get a good look at it with my eyes and maybe even see if I could see the names on the envelope, see how much people were given that Sunday. Before service, my dad had given my sister and I our very own offering envelopes. They had our names on them and everything, too. Most of the time, it'd be like a dollar because my sister Rachel and I, we didn't really make a whole lot. But my dad wanted to help us understand what it meant to give our money back to God. Do you guys know what an offering is for? Or what it goes to. Well, an offering is supposed to be a sacrifice or something that we give up, that we surrender, something that we own or possess and that we give back to God. We give in the church so that we can use it for God's glory by helping people and by also just using those funds to help us share the gospel with the world. A good example uh, of us using funds is some of the money that we have given here at St. Paul gives us the food pantry here, the ability to go out and buy food to help people during the week by serving them. Isn't that awesome? It's wonderful, wonderful things that we can do with the money that we give back to God. I admit there have been times I've been so worried about giving my own money back to God now that I do make my own money. Because I felt just how small my bank account is at times, if I can be vulnerable this morning. I've told myself, God, are are you sure I got to give this Sunday? Maybe maybe next Sunday, you know, or the Sunday after. 
uh, rent's coming up and I'm not sure if I can pay it off and then also have enough money to eat out with the lavish lifestyle that I still try to live. So I got you next Sunday, God. I got you next Sunday. I kid you not, that's an actual conversation that I've had with him. But then when I've given God my money freely, I've seen him bless me in some awesome ways. I can't even begin to tell you the amount of times God has turned around and placed in my life someone or something that has been able to give me money. Wow, that's a sign right there at the very perfect time. One time in particular, guys, I remember how a couple here at the church actually blessed me in a big way. And they, they know who they are. They knew I didn't have a lot of money and they were right. I guess when the youth pastor wears the same suit every Sunday, it's usually a sign. Okay, man, maybe we should help this guy out. <laughs> so after church one Sunday, this couple handed me an envelope with enough money and some coupons in it to go and purchase a brand new suit. I kid you not, guys, I lost it. And I'm talking ugly cry. I went to the bathroom and I wailed. I wailed and I wailed like a little baby. I really did. Sometimes, guys, it really hurts to see the money that we have go in our bank account one minute and then gone the next. Even if it's to God, we can wonder when we're going to see it again. So I wonder this morning if maybe you have been saving up your allowance, saving up your money to go get a new toy, a new pair of shoes, a video game, some new football gloves, or a new pair of ballet slippers. When it feels painful, this is where I want us to think about and remember everything that God has done for us and everything he can do. Man, when it feels painful, I want us to think about how God has been so, so good to us. He's shown us grace. He's shown us kindness and love that we do not deserve simply by giving us the gift of life on earth, but even more than that, through Jesus Christ. So we give our all because Jesus gave his. We take another look at our memory verses from today from Mark chapter 12 verses 43 through 44, which say this again, calling his disciples to him. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything all she had to live on. The lesson in the event that Jesus uses to teach us here in the book of Mark is the last thing that happens in Jesus's public ministry, guys, before he gets ready to be arrested, hurt and wounded for something he didn't do. Since this is Women's History Month, I thought it would be pretty cool to see how Jesus uses this example of a widow who gives all that she has here just outside the temple courts. Jesus sits down near where the people are coming and dropping off their money for the temple's ministry to the community. He starts people watching, maybe something that you and your grandma or a family member have gone by just going to the mall and sitting down and watching the people that pass by. That's Jesus here. And he sees this woman come by to drop her money off. And he sees an opportunity to teach us and his disciples something. This woman's apparently a widow, which means she is still living and her husband has sadly passed away. At that time, for a woman to be living by herself, chances are she probably wasn't making a whole lot without the income of her husband. And we aren't really sure how much family she had still living with her. What we do know is that Jesus, the Son of God, the one who sees the hearts and the minds of us, he takes notice of this woman's giving spirit. The woman drops two small coins off to give to the temple. Since she didn't make a lot, she was giving a lot. And she was most likely giving money that she could be using to live off of. 
Apparently, my study Bible says the amount that she gave is equal to what a penny would be for us today. That's how little she was making. She really didn't make a whole lot, yet this woman challenged herself in her giving because she believed, guys, that God could use it in a mighty way, and she trusted in God to bless her in a mighty way for her faithfulness. Jesus points out to his disciples that the woman gave a large amount of what she was making. In fact, it says she gave up all she had to live on, and I think that should challenge us right there. While the rich people who came by the temple collection box, they kept a lot of their wealth. Things they felt like they earned, that they had, that they had been blessed with. They thought it was theirs and theirs to keep. This woman, on the other hand, out of her joy in the Lord, she gave her best. She gave her all. So there are three things I want us to notice, guys, from this passage that scripture teaches us. If we're willing to give, it doesn't necessarily matter how much it is. What matters is that we give according to what we have. We should give of everything, our lives and our money, back to God because of the grace and love that he has shown us. This is the spirit in which we give. When we give, we also partner with God in doing the work of the church, which is helping people that we don't even know who cannot help themselves. And and the church uses this money to help spread the good news that Jesus died for you and me. And then, guys, Jesus came down from heaven. God became human so that he could die for us and give us life. That is a gift in and of itself, and it is grace. We didn't deserve it, but since God has set the example of giving all of himself for us, I think it's only fair that we should give all of ourselves to love others and to love him with what we have. Let us surrender it all, guys. This widow is a great example that we should give our all because Jesus gave his. Will you close with me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I come to you this morning and I thank you so, so much for stepping down from heaven, God, and giving us of yourself. You became nothing. You became a servant so that we could have life and so that we could have it to the fullest. I pray that we we would not take this life for granted nor what we earn in this life, God, and that we would give our lives and that we would give what we earn back to you because we know that you can use it and that you can bless us in a mighty way. Thank you for all you've done for us, Lord, especially through Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that I we pray this prayer. Amen. I love you all. Thank you very much. We'll see you. Amen, amen. That's a good reminder for all of us this morning. Jesus gave it all and paid it all. What can we do to honor him? Thank you to Reverend C and to all of our children, youth, and everyone who's been tuning in to pay attention to our impact moment. We would love to know everyone where you're worshiping with us from. Is it Zoom? Is it Facebook? Feel free to let us know where you're engaging, what platform you're engaging with us on. And if you're into selfies, you can snap a quick selfie and post that to the church website or to wherever you are. Use the hashtag uh, St. Paul Online or St. Paul Baptist NC. And if this is your first time engaging with us as a visitor, we welcome you specially once again. Uh, There's a first time visitors link on the church website 
website. We invite you to click on that and you can join us in the Facebook group for first time visitors. You are welcome here. You are welcome in the body of Christ because Christ gave it all for us. We are so, so glad to have everyone this morning. And there are some announcements, some observations that we do want to bring your attention to as we press further into worship. Good morning, disciples of St. Paul. And to all of those who are watching us as far as our online platforms, as well as listening to us on the telephone, I bring you greetings with Jesus joy. I want to just share with you several observations as far as what our church is doing and of course to uh, place on your hearts and minds uh, the work that we are trying to do. We want to thank God for the work of our food pantry that this past Wednesday served 171 families. We give God praise for the hard work of our brothers and sisters uh, that come on Wednesday to engage in that ministry. Also want to let you all know that the Financial Peace University is starting on March the 23rd. Uh, the first 21 individuals or families that sign up through our church website can purchase the membership necessary to start this course for $90. That's a $40 saving over the registration on the Financial Peace University website. So the classes start Tuesday. That's Tuesday, March 23rd, and will continue for nine weeks. I also want to let you all know that on next Sunday, next Sunday, uh, we are going to be blessed to have with us um, Reverend Dr. Tracy Blackman. She will close out Women's Month as far as uh, this month is concerned. Um, she's my sister, beloved, and uh, a international preacher as well. And she's going to be sharing with us next Sunday. Um, also want to let you all know that the media ministry needs you and we're looking for people who are interested in working with our media ministry on Sunday mornings and special worship services. Contact Sister Camise Noel if you're interested in joining that ministry at Camise, C-A-M-E-S-E dot N-O-E-L at yahoo.com. Uh, they do hard, great work for our church and we could use some more hands as far as that's concerned. I also want to thank you, St. Paul, uh, for joining us as far as our March Gladness Revival is concerned this past Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We had some gifted preachers and, of course, uh, saw many of you all online and in our Zoom congregation. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. We did that with great ease, um, and we did not go any more than an hour and a half each night. And, of course, the Lord was praise. So thank you all so very, very much for joining us. And we're looking forward to uh, the Lord continuing to bless us as far as future events are concerned. Amen. It's good to thank everyone for all that we have been doing to keep the ministry going and keep the Lord's hands reaching out to those who are separate wherever they are. And right now, it's prayer time. Hallelujah. How good it is to serve a God who ordered the universe and yet he cares. He listens and hears our prayers. 
So you can share your prayer concerns. Our digital ministers are right there online. If you type in your prayer request to see it and to begin to pray with you, you can make your prayer request right there, or they can initiate a private chat to have prayer with you right away. On YouTube, if you're listening on the phone, you can send an email to the church office, prayer at spbcnc.org, or fill out our prayer request form on the church website so that we can touch and agree with you in prayer. Where two or three are gathered, there is God in the midst. We want to uplift all of those who are yet going through, even in the St. Paul family, uh, especially the family of Sister Margaret Massey, who's the sister-in-law of Disciple Patricia Love. Her viewing took place yesterday. Her homegoing service took place last Sunday in Fayetteville, New York. We are also in prayer with the family of Disciple Joe Johnson, Uh, the wife of Sister Ernestine Johnson. You'll see prayer requests begin to flow across the bottom of the screen so that we can all touch and agree with those who are hospitalized, having surgery, having illness concerns, or just need prayer, especially uh, Anthony Farr, Bridget Truesdale, Raymond Goggins, Barbara Green, Isola McLaughlin, Audrey Pride. We want to also make sure we lift up Reverend Brenda Richardson, who's yet recovering. And I even saw on Facebook that Beverly Powell is doing much, much better, who has been out of state and dealing with recovery. And so as you see these names on the screen, let's all come together to touch and agree and undergird each other. That no matter what we are facing, we are not facing it alone. We got God, we got the Holy Ghost, and we've got each other. Amen. So let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for being our God Almighty, El Roi, who sees us where we are. You are still our healer, our comfort, and our friend. So we lift up all of those who are going through right now. We, we've called some names, God. There are even more flowing across the screens who need your healing measures to flow, God, who need your comfort, God, and your peace, God. So we ask in the name of Jesus that you would do what only you can do. You can reach in to their lives and reach into their families and work your miraculous healing work, God. We thank you for all of those who have been working for over a year to help folks to get through COVID, God. We don't forget our essential workers that even as they make moves to open things up, there are people who've been working nonstop to try and help others. So we lift them up yet again, God. We thank you and we bless you, God, that even as we've been focused in one or two directions, your holy attention is stretched out and you see it all God so we lift up those who are dealing with mental stress oh God from isolation we lift up those who are struggling in their minds God we lift up those who have heavy hearts today we lift up those who are unemployed God we lift up every concern God that hasn't reached our ears but has reached the mind of God hallelujah because we know that you're yet all powerful you can still do it all you still see it all and you still care God, thank you for being omnipotent and sovereign and yet caring about our tears, our concerns, God. And we bring them all to you, God. We also bring you our joy, God. And we bring you our worship, God. And we stand on your promises that you haven't brought us this far to leave us now. We thank you that we're only standing here today because of your grace, because of your power, because of your hand lifting and holding us up, God. And so we give you glory in spite of everything we're facing. We give you honor for protecting 
strengthening us, God. We even thank you for those who are already healed, who are already recovered, who are already on the other side of illness, whether it's cancer or COVID or depression or anything else. You are our sovereign God and we bless your name. Hallelujah. We let nothing detract from your awesomeness over our lives. What we don't understand, you've made provision that we wouldn't lean on our understanding. But that we would trust in you, that we would stand on your word, believe in your promises, and let you do what only you can do in the fullness of time. And since time's not over yet, that means you've still got time to bring a breakthrough, to bring healing and strength and power. And when you do it, God, we'll give you the glory, we'll give you the honor, we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the credit, we'll give you our worship, we'll give you everything that we have, we'll pour it out like that widow's might God because you're worth it you deserve it you've been faithful and we've learned to bless your name and to stand on your track record every time we thought we weren't gonna make it before God you brought us through because we're standing right now and if you did it before hallelujah we know that you can do and you will do it again God, we thank you, we bless you, we honor you, we adore you, you're awesome, and we love you, hallelujah, wherever you are, just say that, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, we pray and we say together, amen, amen, and amen, now come on, just bless and glorify God right where you are, remembering that he's done it, he's done it before, he'll do it again, he's still a healer, he's still your provider, he's still everything that you need, so worship that felt good anybody else that feel good hallelujah well guess what we're gonna take that good one more step it's offering time that's right come on now i'm so glad i heard a worship in this house <laughs> don't stop worshiping when it's offering time come on now there are three ways for you to give as a part of your saint paul online experience to help us to continue to do the work of the ministry like the food pantry like making sure that people have access to the power and the move of the church of god so that we can minister to those around us you can drop off your envelope our church office is closed for public access but we do have limited times where we can um, have office hours so if you're bringing your paper envelope just make sure that you call the church office the address is on your screen 
screen if you're mailing it, but call first to make sure that we're in the office and can receive your offering. We don't be leaving stuff out. Now, we trust God, but you know, sometimes, oh, you got to be careful. I'm just saying. Anyway, so you can mail it. You can drop it off. You can also give online via ACS. Uh, the website is on our screen. Um, you can also give through Givelify. Uh, that's the one I like the best. Uh, Givelify is also an online service. And our digital ministers will have dropped uh, a link in to Givelify so that you can give online. Because you know what? We could never repay God for all God has done for us. But what we can do is offer God a little something, something. You know how you be tipping the waitress or the waiter? And some of us be tipping the curbside. Y'all tip the curbside people. But, but if we're going to tip the regular people, how you going to just, just give God a little something, something for all that God has done for us. So this is your time to go ahead and give. You can, uh, look, we're going to do like Pastor did. Uh, you want to lift up what, you, what you're giving with? I left my phone over there, y'all. I already gave. Don't worry about it. But if you want to put your offering in your hand, wherever you are, because what does Pastor say? We're going to give God what's right and not what's left. Amen. Let us pray for these offers. God, we thank you that every good and perfect gift we have received from you. And so we don't seek to pay you back. We just want to love on you and bless on you. We want to continue the work of the ministry in reaching out to those who are lost and in need, God. So bless our offerings, we pray in the name of Jesus, exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think, God. We trust you and we believe you for it. Continue to make provision and resource so that we can let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we thank you we bless you and we give to you now god in jesus name we all said amen and we go ahead and give well there's a preacher in the house no click your button don't don't stop clicking your buttons now click your buttons <laughs> while you're clicking there is a preacher in the house this morning come on now we got some good word there's a preacher in the house this morning and to give us a little introduction to our preacher for this morning we're gonna hear from our very own pastor dr robert charles scott good morning good morning it is preaching time it's preaching time and i have um ask that minister erica minor will share as far as the preaching assignment is concerned uh during women's month and i'm certainly elated and delighted to uh introduce her to some and to present her to others as far as this preaching moment is concerned she is the daughter of two preachers reverend victor and pamela dabney uh, she's a graduate of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, with a degree in psychology. She is currently working on her Master's of Divinity at Hood Theological Seminary in Salisbury, North Carolina. And prayerfully, she will be graduating in May of 2022. Uh, so I'm certainly excited about her theological venture. She is also a veteran, uh, having served in the United States Army and... Um, uh, got an honorable discharge as the rank of first lieutenant. She's been here at St. Paul's. She did a sermon uh, back in 2019 where I was honored and privileged to give her a license to preach the gospel. I pray that you all will continue to pray for her and with her. She is married 
to uh, Brother Terrence Minor, and they will be celebrating three years of marriage in October. So I uh, wanted to present to some and introduce to others uh, our preacher for this moment as we commemorate Women's Month, Minister Erica Minor. So after the next song, the next voice you will hear would be that of Minister Erica Minor. Pray for her. Pray with her that the Lord will use her in a mighty and magnificent way.
Amen. We need the Lord this morning. I know I do. We need the Lord this morning. Thank you, choir, for that selection. We need you. We need you. Let us pray. Almighty God, I ask that you open our minds and our hearts this morning so that we may absorb the message you have for us and that we may be able to apply it to our lives. Lord, thank you for choosing me to be a messenger for you. Lord, hold my hand and help me give to your people what you have poured into me so that all may be blessed and encouraged by the preached word. In your mighty name, amen. Our scripture for this morning will come from Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 through 28. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. And I will be reading from the NIV translation. And it reads, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Our focus first, verse 27. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that moment. For the time that we have together, I want to preach. Use your voice. Use your voice. In the biography, a voice that could stir an army. Author Megan Brooks details the life of 1960s freedom fighter, Fannie Lou Hamer. As an impoverished Mississippi sharecropper, Ms. Hamer's faith in God empowered her to use her voice to challenge the inequalities that caused suffering to African-Americans throughout the South. Um, although she most remembered for speaking up for voting rights and running as a candidate for a congressional seat, one of the most powerful things that Ms. Hamer used her voice for was advocating for improved quality of life for black citizens, especially children. Ms. Hamer spoke out about malnutrition, inadequate education, and discrimination in the healthcare system in Mississippi. Uh, and although she was passionate that all Americans should have access uh, to these human rights, it was deeply personal to her. Uh, you see, like our woman in the text, Ms. Hamer also had a daughter that suffered terribly her whole life. Ms. Hamer's eldest daughter, Dorothy, suffered from anemia, which was caused by malnutrition. She suffered from chronic nosebleeds and she had a massive uterine fibroid, which ended her short 22 year life. 
Ms. Hamer used her voice in hopes of being able to not only help her own suffering child, but the many other black children in the South who were also suffering. Unfortunately, as a poor black woman with no formal education during the Jim Crow era, uh, her voice was often rejected and in an effort to silence her and put her in her place, the police arranged to have her brutally beaten and white supremacists frequently threatened her life. She constantly encountered dismissive attitudes from both whites and blacks, from both males and females and officials at all levels of government simply because she used her voice to tell the truth and she used her voice to challenge the morals of our country. But like our civil rights sister, Fannie Lou Hamer, and our leading lady in the text, we all have had encounters in which an individual or a group has attempted to silence us. They have attempted to put us in our place or merely tolerated our presence. And we've had times when we felt our insights or our solutions were not welcomed and our point of view was ignored. But unlike these two women, some of us avoid speaking up for ourselves. Some of us avoid speaking up on behalf of others. We shrink in the face of adversity. And instead of choosing to challenge unethical decisions and immoral behavior and people in positions of power, we walk away. We complain to friends or we simply suffer in silence. When we allow the trap of doubt, setbacks, fear, or our personal insecurities to silence our voices, we choose defeat. But when we allow the enemy to silence us, we also demonstrate that we have forgotten that God is our source and that in God we have strength and courage. And through our faith in God, we are victorious and we are conquerors. The good news is that no matter what conversations or human rights movements people try to exclude our voices from, God hears the voices of all those who have faith in him. And God can use your voice to show others what faith in God can do for them too. So you want to know today, how can you use your voice? How should you use your voice? Well, the Canaanite woman in our text is, is an amazing example of how to maneuver in society and how to use your voice when you need transformation in your situation, but you're discouraged because society considers you a lower class citizen, because society considers you unworthy of help and prefers that you be seen and not heard. But like this woman, in order to change your circumstances and receive a blessing, the first thing you should do is use your voice to present your concerns to the Lord. Although she had exhausted her motherly know-how, this woman, she, she doesn't host a pity party. She's not sitting around allowing negative self-talk to tear herself down. She's sick and tired of being sick and tired, and she's determined to change her daughter's situation. She's not going to sit around telling her sob story anymore. And, and if you look in verse 22, it tells us that shortly after Jesus arrives in town, she doesn't waste any time. She intentionally sets out to find the savior and voice her concern. She's going to go get her blessing. 
And we often procrastinate to seek the Lord. Uh, we focus more on the problem and thinking about if it's uh, too great or if it's too insignificant to cast upon him. But not this woman. She, she chose to hope and have faith that Jesus can transform her daughter's situation and deliver her from demonic possession. Now, verse 23 tells us that not only is Jesus initially silent, uh, but that the woman is persistent. She keeps crying out so that her concern is known. Uh, but her persistence becomes so annoying uh, to the disciples that they demand Jesus send her away. And they don't take a moment to even listen to her concern. Uh, the disciples have a dismissive attitude towards her. But they have their reasons. Uh, in that time, being a male chauvinist was the norm. And... Uh, they, it was okay, you know, women were a lower class citizen and to some extent they were still thought of as property. Uh, the other reason is Jesus just arrived in this region. He came to get rest. He was tired. He was worn out. He had been dealing with dismissive Pharisees and he needed rest for his body and not to defend the disciples, but they were merely being good armor bearers. They was trying to make sure that Jesus got the rest he came for and they didn't want her to interrupt that. Uh, but their third reason for being dismissive to our sister is not so obvious in the text. Um, but it's because of her ethnic background. Um, and church, there are times that you must choose to use your voice to challenge dismissive attitudes. This passage doesn't tell us a whole lot about our woman. It doesn't even give her a name, um, but she's a Canaanite, which really just means she's not a Jew. It's, it's a generic title. Um, and it also tells us that she's a mother, but this narrative is rephrased in the book of Mark, specifically Mark seven and 26 tells us that she's of Greek origins and she lives in Phoenicia, which is a Syrian land north of Jerusalem. Uh, she is a Syrophoenician woman and the people of her region are long-term enemies of the Israelites. Uh, these people aren't supposed to mingle with each other. She's not supposed to be talking to Jews and they don't want nothing to do with her. They tolerate her presence. Um, and additionally, the Jews don't like her people because her people don't serve the one true God. They worship multiple gods. What I'm trying to tell you is she's in the wrong place at the wrong time and she is talking to the wrong group of people. Uh, but despite what the customs of the time are, despite the racial tension, she still finds the courage to approach and boldly speak to Jewish disciples and their Jewish Messiah. Her faith is strong at the very beginning of this passage because she truly believes that Jesus will look beyond her race, her gender, her ethnicity, and her religious practices and hear her need. In her pursuit of Jesus, she violates another custom though. She is a woman and she's unaccompanied by a man. Now, neither Mark or Matthew tell us her marital status. And personally, it don't matter to me, but I just want to let y'all know. Uh, she's alone when she comes to Jesus and that is inappropriate. Uh, but I speculate. I, 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 I like to wonder, like, maybe 
She knew some people that was like the dismissive disciples. Uh, maybe the men in her life tried to silence her voice also. Uh, maybe the men in her life told her that her suggestion to seek Jesus was a dumb idea. Uh, maybe the men in her life made empty promises to go with her after they got off work, but they was no shows. Uh, maybe she was a widow or a single mama and the brothers in the neighborhood had no interest in speaking up on her behalf when she went to go see the Lord. Uh, but whatever her reason for being solo, she doesn't let the absence of a man stop her from going to get her blessing. She wants to help her suffering child. And her example shows us that there are times that you must choose to challenge the customs and morals of your society. Uh, to paraphrase our very own uh, Dr. Sherelle Fuller, sometimes you got to tell people, don't dismiss me. Sometimes you got to tell people what you stand for and there are times that you challenge the dismissive attitudes and the stereotypical labels when you're in pursuit of what God has for you but much like this woman we all must choose to challenge customs and ethics and, and morals not just to transform our own lives but to transform the lives of the next generation uh, our children may not be literally possessed by demons, but they are suffering in this world. They are suffering from food insecurity and learning disabilities. They're suffering from abuse and broken homes. They're suffering from low budget public education that doesn't properly prepare them for college. And they are suffering from inadequate health care and anxiety. They still got discrimination and our children are still being racially profiled. Our precious children are listening to us. They are listening to hear our voices stand up for ourselves. They're listening to hear how we use our voices to challenge suffering, how we use our voices to challenge injustice and inequalities, not just for us, but also for them. Church, our children are listening to hear the Jesus in us. It doesn't matter if you don't have your own biological child. It doesn't matter at all. Keep in mind that you may be the only man or woman of God that a child knows. And, and if you are a teacher, a step parent, godparent, foster parent, if you're a nanny, a pediatrician, or an auntie or uncle, if you call yourself a mentor or a coach, if you're a troop leader, the choir director, or a bus driver, there is a child under your watching care and they are listening to your voice to hear how to use their own voice and they are listening to you to learn how to challenge inequality and injustices but most importantly don't you ever forget that whenever you're using your voice for God you may be the only example to that child of, that they hear of how to use their own voice to spread the gospel and draw others to the love of Christ now now we know that we need to use our voices to present our concerns to the Lord. Uh, and we also know that we need to use our voices to challenge the dismissive attitudes of society. But the final way that our leading lady uses her voice is my personal favorite. Like the Syrophoenician woman, you must use your voice wisely to reveal your faith. Now we've looked at verses 21 through 23 and up until this point, we still haven't heard a word from Jesus. We haven't heard his voice at all. Uh, but we know that he doesn't agree with the disciples because he has not sent her away. 
At first glance, if you look at verses 24 through 26, it, it may seem that the woman is not going to have a happy ending, that she is not going to have a testimony when she gets home. But, but, but let's look closer at the dialogue between her and Jesus in these verses. Uh, Jesus' first response to her plea is found in verse 24, in which he informs her that his mission is to tend to God's chosen people first, which is the Jews. Her faith and is focused on Jesus, and, and her focus is uh, to remain humble. It, it lets her stay humble in his presence. She's composed. She doesn't give up when he says this. She doesn't go back home uh, because now she has Jesus's undivided attention. And she chooses to use her voice wisely. And, and what she does next is, is my favorite part. She humbly kneels in faith at the feet of Jesus and says concisely, Lord, help me. She is wise to be concise with her request. She doesn't need to elaborate on the details. She doesn't have to exaggerate her daughter's circumstances. She doesn't even demand that Jesus come to her house and meet the girl in person. She is concise and then she stops talking. And then she listens expectantly for the voice of the Lord. Now, some of us, some of us, both men and women, we can learn from her example because instead of using our voices wisely, we use them so wastefully. We do the most to get our points across. We often feel the need to overly elaborate and we want to dominate the conversation and block other people from making their voices heard. And we don't want them to be able to get a word in edgewise. We give too many details. And what we do when we do that is we turn people off. They don't even want to help us. They We turn them off so many. They don't want to be our allies and our advocate. And at the end, they don't even understand what our point was. Uh, but uh, we sometimes turn people off from hearing the gospel. But we got to use our voices wisely. We got to use them wisely. And not only do we need to use them wisely in everyday conversation with people, we have to use them wisely in our prayer lives. We often go on and on and on to the Lord uh, about what we need and what he can do for us. Um, but we don't even come kneeling in our faith anymore. We don't kneel when we come to the Lord because we got too much pride. We too bad and bougie to kneel to the Lord and tell him what we need to tell him what he can do for us. No, we just want to tell him all about how he should and when he should move in our situation. But we don't stop talking. To hear the voice of the Lord and let the Lord respond to our needs. But in verse 26, Jesus replies one more time to our lady. Uh, he wants to make sure she really understands what his assignment is. And, and his response to her concise plea is, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, ladies, uh, I don't want y'all to look at me sideways this morning. I know it's, it's Women's History Month, and please, please give me a chance to explain this. Don't tear this page out your Bible. It's a good page. Um, if, you, if you're getting bent out of shape about why I picked a scripture where a brother might be calling a woman a dog, give me a chance to explain what Jesus is saying. Give me a minute. Uh, but before I explain 
what Jesus means by his use of the word dog. Uh, let's just talk about dogs this morning. Let's take a moment to talk about dogs. Um, specifically, women, I need y'all to come here for a second. And I want to talk about our use of the word dog. Um, so it's National Women's History Month and it's a time to celebrate our achievements and our contributions to the world. And we have so much to celebrate, but unfortunately, we still have to have platforms in place like the Me Too movement to bring awareness to crimes against women and, and females. And But as feminists and as womanists and women's rights activists, uh, we are using our voices more than ever before. We, we are proud. We, we are making sure that men know our worth and that they behave better and keep their hands to themselves. And we want them to listen to our voices and we want them to speak to us with dignity. And when they don't, uh, we are okay with slandering them and calling them low down dirty dogs now. And we're reporting them to human resources and filing reports and testifying in court and signing petitions to get them excommunicated. Uh, but while we're aggressively chastising the brothers, um, we need some correcting women. Oh, we need some correcting. Um, ladies, if you're still out here using the word dog to tear down other women, uh, you're wrong and you're a hypocrite. And if you're looking at me this morning like, what are you talking about, Minister Erica? I would never do such a thing. I'm saved and sanctified, girl. I don't do that. Okay, but if you're calling a woman dog in the private thoughts of your mind, you're also guilty. It's just as wrong. And for those of you that's still confused, let me be real clear and specific. If you are still using the B word to tear down your sister, you are a hypocrite and you are part of the problem. If you still think it's cute to address your BFF, your cousin, your sorrow is the B word. It is not cute. It is not appropriate. You are not speaking to your sister in love. And if you still think that it's cute to describe yourself, to show that you're empowered, to show that you're intelligent, to show that you're running things, if you still refer to yourself as the baddest B, if you still call yourself a boss B, you are wrong, you are a hypocrite, and you are why we're not progressing in our movement. Ladies, we cannot progress as feminists, womanists, or women's rights activists in any movement when we constantly use our voices to set ourselves backwards. How can we expect the men to speak with us in dignity when we turn around and call our sister the B word? We can't do it, women. It is not a term of endearment. It is not a compliment. And it does not describe you as a woman of worth. And it doesn't describe you as the woman that God created. But, but let's get back to Jesus' use of the, of, of the word dog. Let's come back to verse 26, because that's who we was talking about. Verse 26, Jesus said, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Jesus is simply using a creative metaphor. He's reemphasizing his point that his assignment is to God's chosen people first. It's not right to take blessings from the Jews and give it to the Gentiles yet. And he's communicating to her because he knows she'll understand this. Um, you see, Jesus is a Jew. And in the Jews' culture, they thought dogs were nasty alley scavengers. They wouldn't dare have a dog as a pet. Um, and in their disgust for the Gentile people, Jews used the word dog as a racial slur. 
but that's the Greek translation of the word dog. Uh, when Jesus is speaking to our woman here, he's using the Hebrew uh, translation for the word dog, which loosely translates to domestic puppy. Um, he's not calling her a dog, but he's using a description and a metaphor that she'll be able to relate to because in her culture, dogs and humans have a relationship. Dogs and humans, they, they can be in the same home. A dog can come in and be the domestic pet, just like many of us have. Uh, and maybe you're still not convinced. Uh, so let me dig a little deeper. Uh, this is where we learn that when you deal with Christ, effective listening is fundamental. So our leading lady in the text, she doesn't get offended when Jesus says this. You got to pay attention. She doesn't storm off. She's still kneeling in her faith at the feet of Jesus. She doesn't interrupt Jesus and cut him off in the middle of verse 26. And she doesn't respond in anger. Let me prove to you that her statement is not in anger, that she's still cool, calm, and composed, and that she's still using her words wisely. Look back at verse 22. If you have the NIV translation, it says in verse 22, she voices her concern to the Lord and is followed by an exclamation point. Um, in verse 25, she states her second plea and is followed by an exclamation point. But in verse 27, which is only her third concise statement, when she responds to the Lord, is followed by a period. She is not mad. She's not excited. She's cool, calm, and composed. And when she responds, it's not just any response, y'all. Her response is a challenge. She challenges Jesus' statement. She continues to humbly kneel at his feet, firm in her faith. But she respectfully challenges the Savior. Um, and she says, yes, it is. Because even the dogs under the table eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Oh, she is confirming, Jesus, I hear what you say. I understand your assignment, brother. And um, Jesus, I get uh, that the Jews come first. I understand that. And I know you're not calling me a dog the way that other people think that they call me dogs. Um, but I still disagree with you. Um, so let me, let me break this down for you. So because some of you are on Facebook... I've, I've seen your post and some of you have been to your homes and I know that you have at least one puppy. You, you love your puppies. You, you even call them your fur babies. And some of you call yourselves fur mamas. You love your little puppies. You do. You love them so much. Not only are they welcome in the house, they got a special spot where they can curl up at the foot of your bed when you sleep. And they got a, nest, a special spot next to you on the couch while you watch your favorite program. Um, but your puppy's favorite spot is next to your leg nuzzled up at your foot is you pull up to eat throughout the day and when you pull up to the table your dog is kneeling at your feet just nuzzled next to you its master and looks up to you in faith and hope that maybe you'll be a sloppy eater and let some crumbs fall from the table and not only does it do that your dog is patient your, your puppy loves you so much it has faith and is patient as you feed the baby in the high chair and then you serve your spouse and as you feed the children on the other side of the table it has faith that all y'all gonna be sloppy eaters and let some crumbs fall down and give it some extra provisions but your puppy is so faithful to you it's master and so grateful it doesn't care that everybody else gets blessed first the puppy is just grateful for whatever portion is master let's fall from the table 
We need the humility and gratitude of a puppy, y'all. But, but we're not going to do that. We struggle to be puppies because we got too much pride. We want to be first in everything. But, but not this woman. Oh, not her. Oh, this woman. Her challenge to Jesus, it, it tells Jesus so much about her. Uh, first of all, it tells Jesus that she don't care about the delivery time and the delivery method. Um, she doesn't care um, because she came expecting great things. She's so faithful. And in her mind, even if she's not first, it doesn't matter because Jesus is the source and Jesus is the master. She's pers- perfectly fine with receiving a crumb of a blessing, a day old bread blessing. She is good with it because whatever she receives will be more than enough to heal her suffering child because it comes from the master's table her choice to challenge Jesus reveals to him that she has great faith and in verse 28 Jesus confirms it. Uh, he confirms that her efforts have not been in vain. Um, she, her great faith is so great that it leads to the immediate healing of her daughter. She came to get a blessing and she's leaving with a great testimony. Her child is healed and Jesus never even met the child and her faith, she's still kneeling at his feet, firm in her faith and, and what has she, she got what she came for, but that's not the only part to her testimony. There's there's so much more to her testimony. There's a second element that's not obvious if, if you don't pull out your magnifying glass and look at it real closely. So I'm gonna help y'all find it. Um, if you look back in verse 22 and 23, uh, when our woman first comes on the scene, if y'all remember, there was some people that tried to tell her that she wasn't worthy. There there were some people who tried to tell her she wasn't good enough to be in the presence of their Jewish Messiah. There were some people who tried to send her away and block her blessing. It was the dismissive disciples. And this whole time, throughout this whole dialogue, the dismissive disciples, they still being good armor bearers, standing around Jesus. But they witnessed this whole ordeal. And when she reveals her faith to Jesus, what she does is allow Jesus to use her voice to reveal to the disciples that even a woman, that even someone who's not a Jew, and even someone that they consider their enemy can have faith in Jesus. Family? When you kneel firm in your faith, you let God show him others what he can do for you. You allow God to tell your enemy, I told you so. That's what you allow God to do when you use your voice and kneel firm in your faith. Faith is all you need when you voice your concern to the Lord. If you still struggle with standing firm, if you still struggle with standing up for yourself and and kneeling firm in your faith to speak on behalf of others because you're shy, because you're insecure, because you're soft-spoken or pessimistic, and you want the Lord to remove those hindrances from you so you can boldly use your voice and walk in your purpose and glorify God, you must believe That the Jesus in you is more powerful than any discriminating devices that man has attempted to form as a weapon to silence you. You must believe that even when you're faced with dismissive attitudes, God is able to work in and through you to do whatever is necessary, no matter what your race, your age, or your gender may be. 
The love of Christ is mightier than any demon trying to conquer your situation. In the Lord, there is strength. In the Lord, there is courage. In the Lord, you'll find your healing and you'll find salvation. Whatever you need from the Lord is yours for the asking. Just kneel firm in your faith and the Lord will hear you when you use your voice. All right now, use your voice. Hallelujah. Come on and bless the Lord for some good word this morning. Hallelujah. We pray that the Lord would pour back into that preacher because she surely studied. She surely listened to the Holy Spirit and she surely poured out the word. Thank you. Come on, just put your hands together wherever you are and bless God for that kind of a word, strong, Holy Ghost message. We pray for Minister Erica Minor that God would just do what only he can do and pour back into her for that. This is the time to use your voice. Hallelujah. We have heard so much good word this morning about how to use our voices. And the word of God tells us that it's important to believe, but it's not just belief that makes you safe to use your voice and to be a part of the family of God. But you've got to confess with your mouth. Come on, come on. You got to confess. That's Romans chapter 10. You got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you will be saved. That's using your voice. Thank you, Minister Erica, in the right way. So today you have heard the word, no matter how you may feel that your voice has been silenced, that your opinions have been dismissed, that you have been ignored. Hear today the word of God saying, God hears you. And don't misinterpret God's response, but stay in position, stay in faith. And so today, if you are ready to use your voice to cry out, God, I need you to cry out, God, I want to be saved, then this is your moment right now in the name of Jesus. You can speak out crying, God, I'm ready. I confess my sins. I know that you're faithful and you're just. You'll forgive me my sins. Somebody today needs to cry out, God, I feel so unworthy. I know all the stuff that I've done. You know the stuff that I've done. But God, I confess it all right now in the name of Jesus. Falling on your will and your word that you will receive me. Hallelujah. God is still giving new life to all of those who will forsake the silence and sin. So today, this is your moment, Lord, to join the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not a bunch of perfect people. No, but we have used our voices to reach and cry out to God and to stay there until God responds to us. So today, if this is your moment to reach out to God for salvation, we invite you to email us at connect at spbcnc.org. The, the, the email address on your screen. Reach out to us so that we can walk you through this new salvation journey. If you confessed, if you believed, then you are saved. No matter what you've done in the past, no what you did yesterday, no matter what somebody might have recorded that you said, Jesus is still a forgiving God and a healer and will accept you. We will accept you into our 
Fuller family. Our pastor would love to be your pastor. And I speak for all of us. We would love to be your family. So if this is your day to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, to allow him to heal your vocal cords where they are so rusted from being silenced, this is your moment. Email us. Call the church office at 704-334-5309 and leave your name and number and someone will get back to you by tomorrow to help you walk this journey. Your voice, it still matters and will still be heard. There are three ways that you can join the Lord's church. The first way, hallelujah, is by baptism. So if you accept Jesus Christ today, we're going to, we're bringing them in one at a time. We put your mask on, we'll dip you in the pool so that you can be, go down in the pool in death to sin and rise up in new life. So if you are ready to be baptized in your salvation, then just go ahead and type salvation in the chat box online and one of our digi ministers will connect with you. That's the first way, baptism. The second way is Christian experience. If you just have been disconnected from the church, maybe COVID has made you feel like you aren't even a part of the family no more. No, no matter what your reason is, you can still come into the family of God, be reconnected and not by yourself. If you want to join us via Christian experience, type connect into the chat box. Remember the first one, salvation. The second one is connect. And our digi ministers will reach out to you about coming in and starting your classes to reconnect with the family of God. But maybe you already have a church home, but you've been far from them. And you've been connecting with St. Paul because you're in Charlotte or because we're the closest one online. That's all right. You can join us in a third way under watch care. So you can just type in watch care in the chat box and our digi host will reach out to you. As a matter of fact, when you send that email, you can also put in there salvation for baptism. Connect if it's Christian experience or watch care if you want to join us for watch care. No matter what way you come, how we've learned from the woman in the text, just come. No matter what other folks say, just come. If you think they're calling your name, just come. And the Lord God will receive us when we come in faith and confession, believing that Jesus Christ gave it all for us. He got up on the cross. He allowed the spit and the nails and the scorn and the beatings and he gave up his voice that it is finished so that our voices would never have to be silenced again so that we could cry out abba father and receive our comfort receive our healing receive our peace and receive salvation this is your moment this is your moment pull up your email go into the chat box we want you to be a part of the family and more importantly God's desire is that none would be lost. God wants you to live and not be dead in sin. He wants you to walk into eternal life, not because you deserve it, but because you are a joint heir with Christ and you are a part of the family of God, that the blood of Christ is covering your sins and nothing will separate you from God's love and from eternal life. It's that important. It's life or death. So we're not rushing this. We want to give you the opportunity to reach out, to connect with God, to connect with the church. And if you don't want to be a St. Paul, that's all right. We want you to be saved. So let us know. We'll help you find a church somewhere near where you are so that you will be healed and whole and saved and be able to use your voice to 
share the faithfulness and power of our almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have we not had some good church today? Come on and bless the Lord wherever you are for good word, for good song. We thank our music ministry for serving so faithfully our young adults. And we thank God for Minister Erica Minor. Come on and bless God once more. And that's some good food for us to get up from the table and go forward into the world and do the work of the kingdom. Is that all right? Hallelujah. It's been a good day of worship. So wherever you are, come on, let's bow our heads in benediction and prayer. God, we thank you for your transforming word. God, we thank you for how you have moved in this place and in living rooms and across the airways and in cars and over the phone line. There's no limit to what you can do, God, and we receive access to what you can do through faith. We thank you, we believe you, and we trust you. Thank you for a good day of worship. Thank you for receiving us, God, into your presence. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. And as we move towards the end of the Lenten season and towards Palm Sunday and Easter, God, we just want to thank you for walking to Calvary. You took the spit and the scorn and the nails and the shame just for us. You took the fall for us. And we thank you. We'll sit at your feet, God, faithful until the end. And we believe you that it is so. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Father, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power henceforth now and forevermore. And all the people of God. Yeah.